Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's How Do We Fix It with Richard and Jim. Con artists and scams, how to recognize them and how to avoid falling for them. Maria Konnikova. We have billions and billions of dollars that are lost every single year to con artists and to scams. He sold the Eiffel Tower twice. He conned Al Capone. Like th- This guy was very good at what he did. Con artists are so good at picking up all of these cues. So you often have people who like go to psychics and say, you know, there must be something to it because there's no way they could have known X. Actually, there's a really good way they could have known X. You told them. Our show is about fixes. Yeah, how to make the world a better place. How, how do, do we, we fix, fix it? it? How do we fix it? So, Richard, have you ever been the victim of a con? Well, yes, I have. At least two times to my knowledge, and maybe many more times when I wasn't aware of it. Because my wife, Judy, says, I believe the stories that people tell about Well, your whole, your whole business is telling stories and listening to stories. Today, we look at fraudsters, tricksters, con artists. Since 2008, reported cases of consumer fraud have gone up 60%. Online scams have doubled. And our guest is journalist and psychologist Maria Konnikova, who's the author of The Confidence Game. Maria joins us via Skype from Brooklyn. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. Yeah, it's good to be with you. And by the way, Jim, I am going to ask you whether you were ever the victim of a confidence game. So don't don't think you got out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I got you to hire me for this podcast, didn't I? (laughs) So the the confidence game, why we fall for it every time, is, is really a fun romp, Maria. So let's start with the question of why people fall for this stuff. I mean, why are we so gullible? You know, um, I don't necessarily think it's a question of gullibility. That's the first thing that people think about when they think about victims of cons. You know, how could you be so gullible? How could you be so stupid? How could you be so silly? I would never fall for anything like this. And what I've discovered that it's not actually about that so much as how good the con artist is at figuring out what you want. And so we fall for it because they tell us a story that we actually want to hear. And it doesn't mean that it's a good story, by the way. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, you're going to become wealthy. It could be something along the lines of, I'm going through a really tough time. I'm battling cancer, or I've had this terrible thing happen to me. And then they're telling it to the person who wants to feel like a do-gooder and a good person, but the person is really being scammed. What are the most common scams? Well, probably right now in your spam folder, you've got an email from someone 
that will make you fabulously wealthy. Right. Um, the Nigerian 419 scam. Where and that's where you hold money for somebody, right? Exactly. You give a little money to get a lot. Um, if you open any web page, you have the most common scam today, which is fake weight loss products and fake health products, because the industry is very poorly regulated and it's just ripe for con artists to say, this is the miracle cure that will make everything better. And very closely related, you have the sweetheart scams around love. Um, so, you know, now, now that you're beautiful, let's see what we can do about finding you a soulmate. How much money can they make? A lot. <laughs> we have billions and billions of dollars that are lost every single year to con artists and to scams um, because people are very, very willing to pay for things that will make them feel better about themselves. And so when you see the numbers, and they're probably too low, they are actually in the billions. Maria, we all think of ourselves as fairly smart, savvy pretty good judge of character. So I got to ask you, have you ever been taken for a ride? Well, um, it's funny that you ask. So in the book, I write that I don't know if I've ever been conned. And that was a very honest way of putting it. I think oftentimes you don't know because we're so good at rationalizing cons as, oh, this wasn't actually a con and this and that, that we don't really realize that we have been con. So my first answer was, I don't know. Um, and then I did a number of interviews, and I realized that I dated a psychopath. Um, and, um, I, and I knew this. I mean, that was kind of, that was something that I'd always known, but I didn't realize that it actually was a classic con. And he, in many ways, took over my life for about a year of my life. <laughs> well, well, at least you got out of it in a year. Well, <laughs> yeah, yes, this Maria. is true. <laughs> uh, okay, so are people, what's the sort of person who's most likely to fall for a con? Is it somebody who's not as intelligent as, as average? Or is it someone who's maybe more alone in their lives? So... It ends up that there's not really any correlation with intelligence or any personality traits. But the second thing you said, more alone in their lives, goes to one of the few things that actually does seem to correlate with susceptibility to fraud, which is moments of emotional vulnerability. So moments of transition where everything is in flux and where you're not really sure what's going on in your life. Um, and so this can happen when you're feeling lonely. So when you're going through a divorce or a bad breakup, um, it can happen when you've lost a job and you're going through financial difficulties. Um, it can actually also happen with positive life transitions. So, you know, you have a baby and all of a sudden everything is new. You move to a new city and it's exciting. But again, you're feeling a little bit emotionally vulnerable, emotionally unstable. Um, and that's when con artists can swoop in and give you that sense of purpose, of stability, of certainty that you're otherwise missing. Um, and so I think that that is the one thing that really um, can distinguish people who are going to fall for cons from those who won't. What are some of the things people do to get you to trust them enough to listen to their story in the first place? Well, I think the first part is called the put up where you learn about the victims. So you actually do a profile. And by you, I mean, the con artist profiles the person. So, so we could be talking about somebody who runs like a, who does tarot card readings, that kind of thing. Yep. Anyone, anyone, um, anyone from a psychic in Greenwich Village to Bernie Madoff. 
Um, and what you end up doing, what the con artist ends up doing is kind of creating a profile of the victim and trying to figure out as much about that person as possible because we trust people we like and we like people who are similar to us and who seem familiar to us. So what exactly does that mean? Well, similarity is kind of is easy to understand. It can be anything from, oh, we both like the Red Sox. We're both from Boston. Or we both love the same Chinese restaurant. We love the same coffee place. You know, you can actually create liking and similarity from very, very superficial things. And all of a sudden, that one little point in common, if you use it correctly, can blossom into, hey, can't be a bad guy if you like the Yankees or whatever the team is, and and you take it from there. Um, and familiarity is actually quite similar. It's just getting used to someone. So often con artists will, you know, hang out at the same places as their victims. So for instance, you know, go to the same coffee shop or, you know, frequent kind of the same bar. And by the way, in the online world, we make it so easy for them to do this because we're saying where we're going. We're checking in places with things like Foursquare. You know, we're actually giving them a lot of patterns of behavior that they can exploit. And the other and, thing you said about con artists is that they're really good listeners. So they're gathering information about you and not giving much information about themselves. That's absolutely right. So Victor Lustig, who is kind of one of these very famous and also charismatic, and I, I actually kind of like the guy, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, con artists of the 20th century. I mean, this guy's pretty brilliant. He sold the Eiffel Tower twice. He conned Al Capone. Like, th this guy was very good at what he did. And he had the Ten Commandments of con artists. And one of those commandments is a con artist is not a good talker. A con artist is a good listener. And I think that's exactly what you're getting at. Because we give off so much information all the time without realizing it. And most people don't listen. So when you're having a conversation with someone, you're probably, you know, you're already thinking about the next thing you're going to say in your head, right? Like you're, you're crafting your side of the conversation. Yeah, that's what, that's what we do all the time on this show. In fact, <laughs> I would be the worst card artist in the world. Yeah, 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 me as well. Well, I do it too. You know, when I'm interviewing sources, like, oh, this is interesting. How am I going to follow up on this? And you miss the next thing they say. Con artists are so good at picking up all of these cues. So you often have people who like go to psychics and say, you know, there must be something to it because there's no way they could have known X. Actually, there's a really good way they could have known X. You told them. So the next step in the con is something you call the play. What, what is that? The play is when you actually build an emotional connection with the person. You get their emotions involved. And that normally happens through expert storytelling. So... When we're emotional, we're not rational. And so what con artists do is make us part of a compelling story that will make us stop questioning the facts because we're already in this very heightened emotional state. And in some ways, I think that the thing that con artists do best is tell stories. That's kind of their... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Bread and butter. This is How Do We Fix It? I'm Jim Meggs. I'm Richard Davies. We were speaking with Maria Konnikova, the author of The Confidence Game, Why We Fall for It Every Time. I want to ask you, who are con artists? Are they likely to be psychopaths? Are they Machiavellian? Are they narcissistic? Who, who are these people? Um, great question. Um, and the answer is all and none of the above. So what you've just named is a dark triad of traits, which is psychopathy, which we've talked about um, briefly. That's kind of this inability to feel emotion in the same way that non-psychopaths do. Your brain is wired differently. Um, narcissists um, are people who have an overblown ego and sense of entitlement um, that, you know, you're not actually conning anyone, you're taking what's yours. And finally, Machiavellians, and that's from Machiavelli's Prince. Um, and it's the ability to convince people to do what you want them to do without their realizing that that's what you're doing. So they think that it's all coming from them. And so when you look at the overlap between the dark triad and con artists, um, you find that, yes, some con artists have all of the dark triad, but it's actually more common to have um, two of the three, which is narcissism and Machiavellianism. Psychopathy is the rarest. Um, so those are the traits that I think really determine um, whether a con artist can be successful. You know, how do you persuade people? And, you know, are you the type of person who actually feels entitled to all of this? That said, those traits are overrepresented in con artists, but they're also overrepresented in business people, in lawyers, in marketers, in advertisers, in journalists, in so many different <laughs> right. types of professions. Because we have to convince people to tell us more than they really want to. Exactly. There's a test that people can perform to see if they have tendencies to be a grifter or a scam artist. <laughs> Are you talking about the reflection test? Yeah. So draw the letter Q on your forehead. And then once you've drawn it, tell me which direction your Q is facing. Is the Q facing so that you see it as a Q or so that someone else looking at you sees it as a Q? So I did this and it was me. <laughs> oh, I okay, did it. Okay, good. Yeah. So you're, you're all good. Um, people who draw it so that it's facing the other person are actually potentially more likely to become con artists. Yeah, because- that would be me. Definitely Jim, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about it immediately. Because, I put the tail of the cue on the left. No, no. <laughs> so, so I'm glad that one of you had the outward facing and one of you had the inner facing. And, and you, yeah, Maria, what about you? 
Um, you know, I honestly don't remember which direction Ooh. my cue was the first time <laughs> I drew it. And now, um, and now, you know, I, I'd like to say mine is interfacing, but I have no idea. <laughs> and I don't want to lie. I don't want to con you guys. You have that wonderful story in your book that every year there's uh, a little contest in a small British village, I believe. (laughs) The world's biggest liar. The world's biggest liar contest. But there are certain types of people and Jim and I, including Jim and I, who would be excluded. Yes, and including me, right? (laughs) Right, right. No journalists. No journalists. We're too good. And and who else? No journalists, no... No lawyers. (laughs) Um, No, I think no advertising people. Um, and I believe that's it. Um, you, you probably read this more recently than I did, <laughs> but I think lawyers and journalists top the list. So Maria, we're a show about solutions and we've been talking about the psychology and some of these amazing stories of what con artists can do. What practical things can all of us do to just make ourselves a little less vulnerable? You know, there's a, um, a test that I've devised when trying to answer this question for myself, um, which I call the Bob from next door test. So we're incredibly objective about other people and we can't be objective about ourselves or about people close to us. So instead we're, we're very emotional when it comes to ourselves. So think about a relationship because a lot of cons are about things like love. So when you're in the relationship, you don't see any red flags. And I actually, um, one of the people I write about in the book was living with an imposter, someone who was not who he said he was. And she almost married this guy, um, even though there were a lot of red flags. And so when you're in that relationship, what are you going to do whenever anyone else tells you that there are red flags? You're going to lash out at them. You're not going to be like, oh, thank you so much for pointing out that there's so much wrong with my significant other. (laughs) You're going to say, you don't want me to be happy. I can't believe this. Um, And so if you go through that kind of Bob next door test, that can sometimes help you get through the emotion and instead see yourself from the outside in. Now, that's easier said than done. But I think that that's the number one tip that I could give anyone. Now, it strikes me that one of the places where cons, scams have grown exponentially is the internet because we use it so much more than we used to. So are there specific things you can do to avoid the possibility of being uh, taken for a scam online? Yes, there absolutely are. Um, Do not ever accept a friend request on Facebook from someone you don't know personally, because that gives way too much information. Thing two, don't post personal stuff about yourself. You know, Don't check in places. I have all of the options set that no one is allowed to check me in because you know what? Nobody should know where I am except for the people I'm with because that gives con artists way too much information on your likes, your dislikes, really important things. Sometimes people ask me, they're like, your Facebook is so boring. You never post anything (laughs) about your life. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason for that. 
you've learned. So, but also this this advice goes for institutions. A, yes. a, a, a major political event transpired this year when somebody clicked on an email that he thought was from Google telling him to reset his password. Yep, that is absolutely oh, right. This is, this is the Democratic this Party. Of John yep. Podesta um, in the Hillary campaign, and he he reset his password, and of course it was a phishing scheme, and, and next thing you know, all of his emails were showing up in Moscow. Yeah, don't, don't click on links in email ever unless you've requested a password reset. If Google sends you an email saying that you need to change your password, go through Google. Don't go through that email. And, there and, are always and, things And doesn't in that place. hold for almost, almost any, you know, if anybody calls you about your bank, your, your, your account, your, your frequent flyer miles, you can always hang up and call the institution directly and say, yes. did you call me about my frequent flyer miles? Exactly. And find the number through a legitimate source. Don't ask them for the number because they will always be very happy to give you the number to call back. Now, what um, about speaking of companies and institutions, how can they discourage cons within their own ranks? I mean, you give an example, for instance, of, of, a, of a stock trader who's working for a company that is a bit sloppy, to put it mildly, on ethics, and they, <laughs> they're doing insider trading because the company is not really discouraging them from doing yeah. that. You know, it really, um, there is a matter of corporate culture. And unfortunately, in a lot of financial companies, the only thing that matters is your bottom line. Well, when that's the only thing that matters, what are people going to do? They're going to feel pressure to, you know, inflate their bottom line, and that leads to unethical behavior. And so you have to actually create a corporate culture where you say, well, no, that's not the only thing that matters. We care how you get there, and we're going to have corporate accountability. That only will happen if it comes from the top. Maria, you're not telling us that we should all go around in a defensive crouch being suspicious of everybody we meet and everything anyone tells us. We have to strike a balance between trust and skepticism. That's absolutely right. Um, You know, my initial reaction after I finished this book was to just lock myself in a room and never meet anyone else because I was, you know, basically I decided that people sucked. (laughs) Um, But I think that that's not the correct reaction and that's not kind of the message that I want the book to give because most people are not con artists. And the reason we're so bad at spotting deception is because most of the time we don't need to Um, because most people are not lying to us. Most people are not out to get us. Or if they're lying to us, it's for a good reason. You know, I don't actually want to know that I look fat in that dress. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we need to trust people. We need those social interactions. Um, and we need to be able to give people the benefit of the doubt. And yeah, remaining open to new interactions and open to new people means that there will come a time where you might get taken advantage of. But I think that it's a, if you're skeptical enough that you don't get taken advantage of in really big ways, um, I think it's a worthy trade-off to make because otherwise you're just going to be emotionally impoverished. So what you're saying is that sometimes self-deception makes you happy. Oh, I think all the time self-deception makes you happy. Uh, one of the most disturbing studies that I came across when I was researching the book was that we're all really, really bad at self-perception. So we see ourselves as kind of much better than we actually are. Um, so we see ourselves as better looking. We see ourselves as smarter, um, basically on any 
given good characteristic, we rank ourselves higher than other people would rank us. And there's one exception to that, and that's people with clinical depression. They're incredibly accurate at their self-perception. So yes, (laughs) being a little bit delusional about yourself is a very, very powerful thing. Maria Konnikova, author of The Confidence Game, Why We Fall for It Every Time. Thanks a lot for joining us. Of course. Thank you guys so much. It was a lot of fun. So, Richard, this show really struck me as a lovely kind of bookend to our interview with Keo Stark. Yeah, Keo Stark, who said that it's a good idea to open up conversations with strangers, that they can bring you rewards. And it it adds to your openness to the world, your emotional health, to have more interactions with people throughout your day. Now, here comes... Yeah, uh, this is the yes but. This is the, the yes but. And Maria Konnikova isn't saying wall yourself off from interactions, but that there is a deep strain in humanity of people who, who for various reasons, take advantage of others. Yeah, I do think, though, and, and Maria mentioned this, that, that at least in my case, I think a certain amount of self-deception has made me happier. Right. I know when I look in the mirror, I get depressed, but that's <laughs> reality. The ways our minds work, what, what the uh, psychologist Daniel Kahneman calls the heuristics, the way we, we simplify reality... Um, leads us to be vulnerable to scams, leads us to misunderstand things, but it also helps us get through our days and understand the world. These things usually do work to our advantage. Maria Konnikova was talking as well about what institutions and companies can do, and there's this famous example involving the medical firm Theranos. Now, I believe that a lot of con artists, they don't all start off as hardened sociopaths who just love to be grifters and steal people's money. Some of them start off as enthusiastic entrepreneurs who are maybe just a little bit too good at, at, at weaving their story. And then when things don't go right, then the lies start. The money starts getting shuffled or, or the uh, that research starts getting hidden. And Elizabeth Holmes, who started this, this medical testing company doing blood tests, Theranos, it was the darling of Silicon Valley. They had all these famous people on their board of directors. The VCs guys all loved them, or a lot, lot of them. And it turned out the technology didn't work, and yet they still kept pulling in money, and it got more and more, what we can see apparently, um, more and more deceptive as they went along. I think for most of us, this is the kind of scam we have to be most leery of. It's not necessarily the, the Nigerian con artist. It's what the thing that might seem like a legitimate investment that starts to go bad. And then we double down, we stay in, we don't cut our losses because we believe, we don't want to admit to ourselves that we were wrong in the first place. Also online, I think there's a lot we can do. For instance, avoiding clicking on pop-ups. Don't use geotags. In other words, don't make it public where you are at a particular moment. Yeah, so they kind of fall into two categories. One category is don't share too much that you don't need to share. The other category is don't engage with people you don't know. And there's so many different ways that can happen. I mean, avoid clicking on pop-ups, um, also opening emails, as you mentioned, but also signing up for free trips, weight loss, all these things are all forms of engagement 
and you don't really know who you're engaging with, and it's very easy for them then to start getting first information. And a lot of the, you know, today, a lot of cons, it's not always the classic, now please send us money. They don't need your money. In a lot of cases, so really all they want is your data. They don't need you to send them any money to get your money. And then as Maria was also mentioning, self-knowledge is important. Setting limits, um, being aware of red flags. And this one to me is really vague, but perhaps it has meaning for others. And that's try and maintain objectivity. Yes, I, I really love this idea of being alert to the weak signals. I can hear a weak signal saying we've run too long. <laughs> it's time to get out. How do we fix it? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Maggs. We're produced by Miranda Schaefer, who does a great job of uh, editing and giving us some great question ideas, especially on this show. Thanks, Miranda. The editing is the crucial part. (laughs) Especially for you, Jim. And welcome to our new intern, Julia Lewis. And the music's by Lou Stravinsky. We're produced by Davies Content. We make digital audio for companies and nonprofits. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.